From Innovation Alley at Marquette University, I'm Chuck Swoboda, and this is Innovators on Tap, a show based on the idea that innovation is about leadership. It's a mindset to find a better way, and ultimately, it's about people. This podcast is designed to allow you to open your mind to new ideas and find ways to put those concepts to work and maybe even change the world. Episode 10 continues our journey to uncover your innovator spirit as we explore how risk and failure relate to innovation. Today, we start by asking you to openly think about failure. We then explore how innovation and risk are fundamentally related and give you some ideas on how to reframe your own perspective on failure. And finally, we talk about how creating a crisis might be the best way to inspire your team to embrace risk. That's what's on tap today. Enjoy. Robert F. Kennedy once said, only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. This is a powerful quote and a mindset shared by many successful innovators. So how do you figure out if someone is willing to take the risks needed for innovation success? Think back to the last time you had a job interview. It doesn't matter if it was just last week or maybe it has been many years. Either way, you probably prepared for the interview by making sure your resume was just right, taking time to make your accomplishments stand out as best as possible, and then preparing to give examples of your past success. Does that sound about right? So how would you react if you sat down for your interview with your potential new boss and they said they didn't bother to even read your resume? Because they don't believe that your past success says much about your ability to take on the challenges you will face in their company. Instead, they want to focus on this one question. What is your biggest failure? Think about it. If you had to answer that question right now, what would you say? I'd like you to take a minute and think about it. So what did you come up with? If you're honest about how you got to this point in your life, it's probably pretty easy to recall some good examples of failure. But would you be willing to expose those failures to someone in an interview? That is a real question I asked everyone who interviewed at Cree. And I know what you're probably thinking. If I got that question, I could come up with something that answers their question, but isn't really a failure. Something like, uh, well, I've been told that I work too hard sometimes and don't make enough time for my outside interests. I can be a bit of a workaholic. You figure, that sounds pretty good. Who wouldn't want to hire someone that works too hard? In fact, I heard this exact answer multiple times from interview candidates. And my response was something along the lines of, well, that's nice. But now tell me something you really failed at. So you're probably wondering, why would I care about someone's failures? I'm hiring them to succeed. So shouldn't I be more focused on the great things they've done and how they could bring them into our company? Well, while hearing about success makes for a nice conversation, I could read all that on their resume. I believe that understanding their failures was far more important. As Winston Churchill said, success 
is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. So I asked about failure to identify several things. One, do they recognize their own failures? This might seem obvious, but I've met a number of people who really don't see them. Two, did they learn something from their failures that allowed them to get better the next time? If they didn't learn anything that helped them get better, then that might be a problem going forward. And third, can they talk about their failures openly? This is hard for many people who believe that failure is a sign of weakness. But if you're not willing to share it, the rest of the team can't benefit from your learning. These three things help me uncover someone's comfort with failure and get a sense for their ability to learn from it. The fact of the matter is, when you are hiring for innovation, someone's relationship with failure is far more important than their past success. Why? Because when you pursue innovation, the simple truth is that you will fail a lot because there are many more failures on the road to success. By definition, the potential reward from innovation brings an equally big risk. Although this seems like common sense, most people overlook this simple fact. They want to innovate without taking risk, and that's just not possible. This is the same principle that guides investing in the stock market. The larger return you desire, the larger risk you need to be willing to take. They are directly related to one another. John Bogle, the American investor who was the founder of Vanguard and creator of the first index fund, summed it up by saying, When reward is at its pinnacle, risk is near at hand. And this is what makes pursuing innovation so hard. It goes against almost everything we are taught. Most people don't want the inevitable downside that comes with taking risk. It makes them uncomfortable. But innovation requires you to throw that all out and fundamentally embrace risk. Now that sounds nice, but how do you get started? Well, here are some ways you can help yourself and others become more comfortable with the risk mindset. The first thing you want to do is change your perspective on failure. Failure is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as simply a lack of success. You tried, but it didn't work. It's a factual statement. Yet for many of us, it comes with a lot of negative emotions. Emotions that we've been taught to avoid at all costs. If you want to embrace the type of risk needed for innovation, you have to get past this psychological roadblock and teach yourself to view failure as learning. During my career, I worked with some incredible innovators, and they all had something in common. They didn't see failure the way that most people think of this word. They were well aware of the many things they tried that were not successful, but they didn't see it as a failure in the traditional sense. They instead considered those events part of the learning process. It's not that they avoided the word failure. They just saw it in a very different context. Darren Jackson, the former CEO of Advance Auto Parts and a guest on this podcast, even went so far as to say, A lot of times you get up to the boundary of failure and you back away. Until you push through failure and make sure that you understand failure is your friend. It is not your enemy. 
And this philosophy doesn't just apply to business. It can be applied to any situation in life. Take Michael Jordan, for example, one of the greatest competitors the world has ever seen and someone whose name is synonymous with success. He explained the concept in this way. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Embracing risk becomes much easier when you get rid of the negative connotation that we associate with a lack of success. Don't get me wrong. The goal is to succeed. But if you can radically change your perception of failure and see it as learning and growing, then taking risks actually becomes a rewarding part of the adventure. You either succeed or you learn something new. Either way, something positive has happened. Carol Dweck, the author of The Growth Mindset, described those who could view failure as learning in this way. They knew that human qualities such as intellectual skills could be cultivated. And that's what they were doing, getting smarter. Not only weren't they discouraged by failure, they didn't even think they were failing. They thought they were learning. So if you want to be more comfortable with taking risks, understand that starts with changing your perspective on failure. Now, once you change your own perspective, you need to then get your team to do the same thing but this can be really difficult. You will likely be facing a lot of well-practiced resistance, and you're not likely to make a lot of progress trying to logically convince a group of risk avoiders to suddenly give up a core belief. So don't try to win a logic argument with them. Instead, create a situation where they have no choice. You need to create a crisis. Now, in normal times, people tend to avoid risk. The status quo becomes comfortable, and that is what we seek. The default is not to embrace risk, but rather to avoid it. Psychologist Jennifer Kuntz said, The mind is like a rubber band. You can easily stretch it temporarily, but it snaps back to its resting position. We resist change. If you are having a hard time getting your team to embrace risk, try creating a crisis. A crisis fundamentally alters people's perception of change by making them realize that the status quo is no longer an option. In a crisis, you are forced to try something new because you know that if you do nothing, you will fail for sure. I like to explain this idea with the saying, never waste a crisis. This quote has been attributed to leaders from Winston Churchill to Machiavelli. And in 1976, M.F. Weiner wrote an article in the Medical Economics Journal titled, Don't Waste a Crisis, Your Patients or Your Own. What he was getting at is that a crisis is a unique opportunity to make drastic changes and to be forced to find a better way. So if you're having trouble getting others to embrace risk, don't avoid a crisis. Start one of your own. If you're going to pursue innovation, there are two words that will come up a lot, risk and failure. Your success in innovation is in no small way influenced by your reaction and relationship to these two words. You have to become comfortable with both of these concepts. 
And although it might seem like a sound strategy to simply avoid risk and limit your failures, consider this advice from author J.K. Rowling. It is impossible to live without failing at something, unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you have failed by default. Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, relayed the same message in his How to Build the Future interview with Sam Altman, which is available on YouTube. In a world that's changing so quickly, the biggest risk you can take is not taking any risk. If you are stagnant and you don't make those changes, then, um, then I think you're guaranteed to fail. There is no innovation without risk. They are fundamentally related. So learn to embrace risk by first changing your perspective on failure. And then don't be afraid to create a crisis to force your team to embrace change. Once you learn to become unafraid of failure, you are one step further along on your journey to uncover your innovator spirit. Thanks for listening to this episode of Innovators on Tap, which focuses on how to embrace risk and failure in your pursuit of innovation. If you enjoyed hearing about this concept, you can learn about it in more detail in my book, The Innovator Spirit, which is available wherever you buy books. If you found value in this episode, please write and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues because I think we all know of things that could use some innovative thinking. Please feel free to contact us through our website at innovatorsontap.com. We are always open to new ideas or critical feedback. My belief as an innovator is anything you do today can be done better tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Let's go change the world.